Merson has scored it. the legend Paul Merson, John O'Shea and Wes Brown are coming to Dublin. It's an exclusive off-air event. So if you want to be there, get on to offtheball.com forward slash events. Just Eat, the official food delivery partner of the UEFA Champions League. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now. It's uh, our North London special. Uh, Kathleen and Phil are here. Before we get into that, though, Phil, the cricket team, somebody was mentioning earlier on uh, that they need to mention, they do need to mention, 466 for six at the moment um, in the second test against Sri Lanka. And uh, Camper has gone on to 103. We had Sterling on 103, but Bernie was out for 95. Sorry, uh, Sterling was out for 103. So um, this is not bad. Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, well, you can consider how badly... Ireland were beaten in the first test against Sri Lanka and then good opening day yesterday and Paul Sterling actually had to retire yesterday injured such is the heat there but he resumed this morning on 74 got to 103 so he has centuries in all formats now of international cricket his first test century and as I said in the last few minutes Curtis Camphers has just gone to 103 so yeah it's it's going well and we're on day two so like even just you were thinking about an hour and a half ago if they got to 450 that would be a really good really good start and now you're starting to think can we get to the 500 so uh, this is our first innings we're just going to keep going here it's day two there's no we're not declaring well, or anything they declared Sri Lanka declared nearly on 600 the last time in, in the, the first, first test, test. Yeah, okay. and obviously you know, they didn't even have to bat for their second innings because they beat us so comfortably so that's what makes it even more remarkable that we've bounced back and right that's a very good sign. It's it's great. I, I I always enjoy coming in early in the morning. There's live sport on your on your TV, and especially when an Ireland cricket team is doing well. Uh, in glorious Technicolor sunshine as well. Right, let's move to uh, Spurs and Arsenal. Kathleen, before we get to uh, Arsenal and whether or not they're going to win the league, the Arsenal team coming back from the two-all draw against Wolfsburg had a minor incident with the plane. Just a minor one. Uh, they were on the tarmac and they were just getting ready to take off and the plane went on fire. And actually, I saw photos of it and actually the wing was properly on fire because a bird flew into it. Right. Um, so as our very own Emma Carroll said, Stupid someone bird. clearly doesn't want Arsenal to do well. Uh, it kind of topped off what was probably the most traumatic week of my life, uh, watching Arsenal from drawing 2-2 with West Ham, losing Kim Little, then losing against United in the WSL, then losing Leo Williamson, then drawing with Southampton, and then drawing 2-2 at Wolfsburg. I didn't know whether I was going up or down for most of the week. And then this plane incident, I was like, that's just it. I'm retiring now from football. I'm done. That's the first leg of the Champions League semi-final. Yeah, so that was first leg. Uh, Obviously, no one actually really expected them to go out and I think perform in the way that they did. They went 2-0 down and it seemed like, you know, that was it. Katie McCabe was absolutely sensational. She took the captain's armband uh, for it. There's actually a great piece in Ars blog today analysing all the different positions she played in. She played like quite centrally for a lot of the game um, because Arsenal midfield was a real issue for them and she would come in from the wings quite a lot to support there Um, but yeah so the return leg is on Monday in the Emirates quarter to six and they've already sold 45,000 tickets so it's going to be an incredible night So Katie McCabe has gone from like being uh, potentially leaving the club to now captaining the team in a 
Champions League. Yeah, well, in the space of last week, like Ursula lost their captain and vice captain, and she's the next person really in the squad that you would expect to step up into that position. So, I mean, Kim Little's out at least until the start of next season, and Leah Williamson's done her ACL. So it looks like Katie's going to have the captain's armband at Arsenal and Ireland for a while to come. Right, no harm for uh, from an Ireland perspective. Uh, any any ramifications for her Irish kind of role with with the way she's playing for Arsenal at the moment? Charles has gone in centrally in the last. I don't think so because I think she is required to do a very different thing for Arsenal in what she's required for Ireland. Actually, she's probably in the sense that because there's been so many injuries in the squad, I mean, like five of the top best Arsenal players are all out at the moment with serious long-term injuries. She definitely has had to swap around her roles a lot more, which is probably closer to what she's had to do with Arsenal in terms of supporting players and positions that she doesn't normally have to do at Arsenal because they have the quality of players there. Um, but I think the main worry would be that she is now integral to that Arsenal team. There's four games left in the WSL plus the Champions League. And as we all know, Katie isn't afraid of a tackle. So for me, it would be more just the amount of games, the amount of minutes she's going to have to play over the next couple of weeks. And the fact that Arsenal players have a tendency to get injured. Um, I mean, she was flying into tackles in that Wolfsburg game at the weekend. Yeah, that's a euphemism, right? <laughs> I wish it was. <laughs> she should have been sent off, though, right? Uh, yeah, she should have been. She So, Lena Oberdorf, one of like, the great German players, she was player, young player at the Euros last year, uh, tackled one of the Arsenal players and Katie just went straight for her. I like It was a mix between a shove, a chest shove, a hand shove, and then also she looked like if she had got a little bit closer to her, she would have headbutted her as well. Referee on his shoulder, a yellow card. I thought it probably should have been a red, um, but Oberdorf did shake her hand afterwards. She'd be the sort of player herself who wouldn't be uh, too I shy of like throwing in a tackle. In game proper, game. proper sport. It's That's leadership, like. though. She saw one of her teammates getting done yeah. and she said, right, I'm going to... And also, because you have the captain's armband, you only get a booking. Yeah. She didn't have a maybe she could have got a red. But the only thing with that is that, like, say, so she was missing for the United game because yeah. she'd got five yellow cards and, like, one of those yellow cards was just for time-wasting. So, like, mm. it's one thing showing the leadership, but, like, they needed her in that game and yeah. she wasn't able to play. So mm. I'm all for it, but I'm like, choose your moments. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, like, if she gets sent off and misses, like, the next game or misses the Champions League final, that's do or die for Arsenal but yeah be interesting there's a late, new episode of Koi Gig out this morning it should be in all your podcast feeds and Emma Byrne was talking a bit about Arsenal's chances because obviously Emma Byrne has won a Champions League so she knows what she's talking about and uh, she was saying that she thinks Arsenal might be able to do it this year so. alright well uh, so next Monday mm-hmm. bank holiday Monday at 5.45 is that what you said kick yeah, off yeah it's on days and on YouTube so it's free to watch as well so literally as long as you have YouTube you'll be able to watch it okay let's talk Spurs uh, Ryan Mason replaces Christian Stellini as interim Spurs boss um, <laughs> is this one of the worst bad decisions that anybody's ever made ever like we've had Lampard well don't forget Ryan Mason was brought in before the League Cup final against Manchester City when Jose Mourinho was let go and I know things hadn't gone well for Mourinho and Spurs were just sick of him but I, I remember thinking at the time you just hold on to him for this game was there the worry that they'd actually beat City and then they'd have to hold on to him do you think there was a massive bonus for winning a trophy in the contract I suspect there was a massive bonus well I just remember thinking back to that League Cup final 
you've a better chance of beating City with Mourinho than you do of Ryan Mason. Absolutely. Like this just goes it makes to show, no like, sense. What they're doing at Spurs in terms of the the leadership or lack of it's been an absolute mess since Pochettino. Obviously, the highs they had under Pochettino of a team that was challenging for the league title and playing really good football. Then they didn't give him the backing. Then he leaves and then they start bringing in short-term fixes. Managers that you wouldn't associate with Spurs because what you look at what Arsenal are doing, they hired a young coach gave him time and look what's happened. Whereas that's kind of what you'd think Spurs would do. But as soon as they went down the Mourinho route and then they brought in Nuno Espirito Santo who, if anyone had watched Wolves and also this guy played for Mourinho and he's not as good as Mourinho. So they replaced Mourinho with a guy that's not as good as him. And then they brought in Conte who we know, doesn't stay again, is, is short term. But even when he won the league with Chelsea, the first day of the next season he turned up in a tracksuit because he was that pissed off that he didn't get backed in the summer and then you know he goes and wins the FA Cup that season but he's gone so they just there's no good decisions being made at the moment and you're just thinking that they have to get the next decision right but Spurs you, won't perform well until they get rid of Daniel Levy the, I fully yeah. believe that and I believe it for both the men's and the women's team because the women's is as chaotic as mm. the men's and it's it's a club issue it's like the people that Levy brings in and the people that are making the decisions around him and the coaches he wants to bring in are just all wrong for the club. Can I just play devil's advocate in this for a minute, right? Like, in terms of a club that is well run, um, has a, is on a, a, an even financial key... Great stadium. ...does not require an injection of cash from a despotic, uh, you know, nation-state and has still managed to reach a Champions League final, compete for a league, like, you know... They've they've taken a situation and they've turned the club into something really valuable that is self financing, and as owners go, sure they've made some bad decisions, but like, you know, show me the paradigm of good ownership in the Premier League at the moment. That that would be my counter argument to, um, like. But does it depend as well, like, what you're expecting off the pitch or what you're expecting off the club? So like, I think if you ask most Spurs supporters, would you mind if the club was in a bit of debt? Like, not ma- I'm not talking like. Glazers sort of debt where they're like tanking the club and like the ability of the club as a result but if you ask most various supporters would you prefer that stability or would you prefer stability on the pitch what do you think the answer is going to be uh, I think the um, Glazers have managed to bankroll one of the most expensive wage bills in world football over the last decade and a half. And while they've been an easy target for Manchester United fans, ultimately the club is going to get sold to somebody who's going to come in and leave it debt-free. So I suspect that the Spurs fans would actually prefer that style of ownership because the Glazers have, um, you know, if they'd got the manager right, instead of picking bad managers over the last number of years, they would have been more successful. Spurs should be a very attractive place to go as well for players. It's London, it's a great stadium, um, it's a big, big club if they get the right man in charge. Uh, I remember talking to uh, an Inter Milan fan when Conte got the job, and he was like, oh, this is Spurs going to win the league. Conte wins the league everywhere he goes. So, like, on the face of it, he was the best available candidate in world football, and for whatever reason, they fell out. And yeah. they fell out pretty quickly. Yeah, and they and don't forget, they finished last season really strongly, where, mm. you know, they obviously 
they pipped Arsenal and they beat Arsenal. I remember they took a point off Liverpool. They put a bit of a dent in Liverpool's title hopes. Yeah. And they were just so hard to beat. And you could see, right, this is exactly what Conte was brought here to do. Kulisewski looked like a good signing. Yeah, and they, they signed a few players in the summer and you thought, right, they're they're going to build on this. And even you think back to the game at Stamford Bridge earlier in the season with him and Tuchel going head-to-head and Spurs got a draw in that game where... Chelsea were the better team that day but Spurs dug in and you were like right this is Spurs now under Conte but yeah. soon just you know he, he talked like a manager who wanted to be sacked and eventually that's what happened and it just seemed like a bizarre decision to keep Stellini there who was part of it yeah it, that, that didn't make any sense and then sacking him a month later like it was clear he wasn't going to be able to pilot the team to Champions League football and they needed to, to act and find somebody and they, they haven't done that so do we know is, is it Nagelsmann's going to get this gig? Well, it seems to me the two names are um, Nagelsmann or Arnie Slot, the Feyenoord manager. Okay. Who, you know, he was talked about being a potential Leeds manager earlier in the season, but he top of the league at Feyenoord. He's going to win the league with Feyenoord. Which is, you know... Which is only, mm. it's only yeah. their second title in 20 years. And not only that, he obviously got to the final of the Conference League last season. They lost to Roma. They've just been beaten by Roma in the quarterfinals of the Europa League. They were a couple of minutes away from going through until Dybala scored and then it went to extra time and, and Roma have gone through. But they play a really good brand of football. Exciting brand. And, you know, he's somebody that... Would and I think Nagelsmann as well. I know, like Bayern Munich are looking pretty foolish now for getting rid of him because Thomas Tuchel's had a bit of a shocker apart from the opening game when they beat Dortmund. But Nagelsmann, I think, would be more suited to Tottenham than he would have been to Chelsea. Okay, I think so. Either of those two are good. Yeah, absolutely. Luis Enrique's name has disappeared off the register for all of these available jobs. The Chelsea job is going to Pochettino, according to the papers today. Yeah, and you just wonder now, like. Could Spurs do something where they thought, right, there's a lot of talk of Pochettino going to Chelsea. Maybe we get rid of Stellini and we say to Maurizio Pochettino, come on back. It doesn't look like they're in in talks. No. It looks like that's not on the... um, Him and Danny Levy are still very good friends, though. Right. Like an ex, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there was a lot of criticism, wasn't there, away like Spurs previously when they initially got rid of Conte, how they conducted like talking to people like Luis Enrique. So maybe they've actually started doing the right thing and doing it on the damn low. Not telling everybody about it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, look, we're having loads of chats with everybody. Here's our list. Like, am I on the list? Am I not on the list? Uh, Not, not necessarily the best way to do it. So um, the list of stuff that's happened to Spurs since the uh, World Cup. Sheffield United beat them in. Uh, with their second string team yeah uh, Conte had that rant that was eight and a half minutes long after, after the Southampton game when they conceded yeah uh, and Fabio Paratici the Paratici thing is like oh you're going to be the brains of the operation mm. and then he gets banned but they knew about his ban this is mad yeah it is so look that, uh, that's the counter to my the club has been well run over a long period of time they've made a lot of catastrophic decisions recently um, and you'd have to wonder would would Slot fix everything in one is that like no, I, whoever it is it's not going to fix it in one go but that's like it's very hard to do that now I mean even as good a job I think as Ten Hag has done this season there's obviously been results where you think whoa that's not good but then you have to you have to take a step back and realise like it's it's the first season so one thing if they were to get Arnie Slot um he demands that his teams are very fit. Right. And 
you know, they can play some really like exhilarating, fast attacking football, especially watching them in the Conference League last season. You know, they would have had Sinistera, who plays for Leeds now. Malassia was there. Senesi, who plays for Bournemouth. Reese Nelson was on loan there. Like, they, like sometimes they, they could score that classic goal where they're defending a set piece and then 10 seconds later they've the ball in the back of the net because they break with such pace. So, But, he, you know, he did a good job at Alkmaar, got the job at Feyenoord, finished third last season and he's going to win the league. So that would suggest that he's a very good manager. OK, last one for, uh, for now. Arsenal's fixture list is away at Man City, Chelsea at home, away at Newcastle, Brighton at home, uh, away at Forest and then Wolves at home. That's a pig of a fixture list. Really, Kathleen, at this stage. So yeah, no, it's it fairly. isn't. It isn't. You've Ch- Chelsea like are very, very beatable. Uh, Brighton, Brighton, Brighton and Newcastle would Newcastle. kind of be the two that would stick out. Well, obviously, City as well. Forest still fighting the second last game of the season. Yes. Won't be relegated by that stage. I think you have to look at the way they performed over the last couple of weeks, and like, unless Arteta is able to pull something out of this team, like. I was looking back on how every player has played and especially the last three games and it just seems like the mentally I don't know if they're there like there was one of like Zinchenko crying after Trent Alexander-Arnold got the better of him during the Liverpool game and I was like that doesn't strike me as a team that are like you know mentally in the right headspace the Southampton game you can argue that like yeah they did fight their way back into it but they shouldn't have fought their way have to have fought their way back into it um, I, I think that was actually the worst match of the season that I had watched watching Arsenal it looked like Saka was the main player that was kind of pulling the squad through that mm-hmm. and you don't want your youngest player to be the one that's stepping up you want your Gabriel Jesus is not to be throwing himself around the box and to be actually taking his shots so yeah I think looking at that fixture list unless Arteta has something magic up his sleeve the title may be gone yeah like William Saliba that's it's all it's all fallen apart since he's gone and Rob Holding the thoughts of him playing against City tomorrow now Kathleen mentioned Saka if Saka couldn't get at City then they have a chance I I wonder with the results the last few games will it actually maybe work in Arsenal's favour where they think right we actually have to have a go here but I still just think Rob Holding I I don't know is there a case that you start Ben White as a centre half but you've no right back then he could be playing someone like Reese Nelson as a right back. They've had an amazing season, regardless of what happens. Absolutely, like, yeah. Their points tally is really, really, really good. Like they have to win this game if they're going to win the they league. Do. Though. They do. They do. I think they even do, if yeah. they win tomorrow, they yeah. still won't win the league. Yeah, it, that's that's actually true. Also, yeah. <laughs> okay. Breaking my heart here, guys. But, but, but know, at least I, it's in their own hands. It, yeah. Well, it's just that I think the future list is tricky for them. Yeah, and I, but I still think this is, has been a massive success of a season in the sense that no one put Arsenal in this position. They're only ones mm-hmm. to put it up against City. And I, I know they have blown it and I totally accept that. But I actually I have gone past the point of caring at this stage. I'm just happy that finally we have an Arsenal team that is competing in the way they're competing. Cause it's, it's good to feel alive. Time. Yeah, exactly. OCB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition available now.